Welcome to Talking Walking, hosted by Andrew Stuck from Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. Talking Walking brings you interviews with people from the world of walking, artists, activists, professionals, and those of us have a passion for just taking a walk. Tough Souls, a.k.a. Ellie Berry and Carl Lang, set themselves a challenge to walk and make video recordings of each of the 42 national waymark trails in Ireland. This adventure was in part to better understand their home country and grew to be an awareness-raising project encouraging others to discover the trails and the countryside through which they pass. One marvels at Ellie's and Carl's determination and discipline. I'd have loved to have accompanied them on the trails as their infectious enthusiasm and sheer joy spills through in this interview that we recorded on Zoom. I was also intrigued to establish how this mammoth walking adventure might have impacted on their relationship. And, and, and you're, you're definitely still a couple. Yes, yes. indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you've walked thousands of uh, kilometres together, Indeed, and, despite and, that, yeah, we, we still are. <laughs> okay, and, um, and, and, and that's the kind of thing that I'm interested in as much as why you did it. Um, because, you know, why did you do it? So for us, there's two answers to why we did it. The first is we would go abroad and we'd do things abroad. We'd go to, you know, we went to Estonia, we did the Camino and that kind of thing. And people would uh, tell us, oh, you're from Ireland I love Ireland. Ireland has like incredible scenery and we love it very much. And we would say, oh, does it though? Like, really? We're not really knowing the, the country ourselves. We said, okay, well, we'll do the trails then as a way to see that. And another probably more accurate reason is that I saw this big list of 42 trails, uh, 4,000 kilometers. And I said, you know what? I bet no one's done those. <laughs> bet no one's done all of those before and I bet I could do that. That seems like six months of walking. So three years later, we uh, we finally completed uh, the all of those trails. It was a long six months. Uh, let's put it that way. You didn't try and do them all at one time. It wasn't. We a- did. We, oh, we, we did. did three times in a row. We tried to do them all at once. Yeah. <laughs> so we we began in 2017. We'd moved out of our apartment. Uh, Quit our jobs. Yeah, handed yeah. back the keys. Literally handed back the keys and I started walking our first trail, walked out the canal um, out of Dublin. And um, we did, how many trails did we do that year? 21? No, 19 trails done that year. And we were going really well. We had over, yeah, over a thousand kilometers done. I think we were reaching towards 2000 kilometers. And um, I injured myself it's kind of funny when, when you expect to hear about walking injuries, you think of, oh, you're fighting a grizzly bear on some ridge line or something. But um, we were doing the Dingle Way, which was a, it's a beautiful trail on the kind of southwest of Ireland. And one of the final days is about 20 to 25 kilometers of walking on a sandy beach. And having walked for uh, six months at that point, we were like, oh, sandy beach, this sounds wonderful. took off the shoes and socks and of course having been in boots or shoes for so long our feet weren't used to um how soft the sand was and by the end of the day I had uh three stress fractures across my foot and some very very torn tendons and ligaments (laughs) yeah so that's what kind of put an end to our 
our first, first year. Yeah. year of walking. Yeah. Um, Which was probably just as well because we were running out of money. Yeah. And uh, so we, we spent, I don't know, four or five months off then. Yeah. Got back into it in March the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, did another uh, 12 or 14 trails. Yeah. And um, ran so, out of money. <laughs> so what I should ask you is, were you, were you camping it or were you? Mm. Yeah, we, we did a, a mixture of, of whatever we could find. A lot of wild camping. Um, any hostels or campsites that we came across, we used. And then whenever we were just too wet and tired, we would also stay in the B&B. An awful lot of wild camping, especially the first year. We basically just camped. Yeah, because the, the trails in Ireland are a funny one. Like we have like really, really amazing trails, but around quite a few of them, the infrastructure isn't there. So they'll build a one or 200 kilometer trail but no, have no campsites or wild camping areas or any of that kind of infrastructure mm. put in place around it. They just kind of expect you to be magically airdropped to your start point each day. I was going to ask, because um, you know, I have to be honest, I'm completely ignorant of what, uh, that even Ireland had national trails. Mm. Uh, so, so when were they instigated and to what sort of standard were they? Were they existing paths that were sort of kind of connected up? or? Uh, it's break- a real variety. So the very first uh, National Waymark Trail was, is the Wicklow Way. It was brought about by J.B. Malone in the 80s. And he was a huge walking advocate in Ireland. And um, since then, it's developed from this single trail into 42 trails around the country. And they're all kind of developed by different people so that they, they will go for this kind of accreditation of National Waymark Trail. But if you look at the Sheep's Headway, which is the very, very kind of bottom, uh, like southwest, like the west coast of Ireland. That one uses a lot of the old pilgrim paths that used to cross um, the peninsula for people who lived on the north side of the peninsula who'd want to go to Mass and all the churches are on the south side of the peninsula. So this would be the way that they'd cross through the, the kind of, not quite mountains, but um, through the hills there. So that, yeah, they really utilised the kind of heritage that was there, whereas some of the newer trails like um like the canals they just follow the canal bank the old towpaths mm. or or you have situations like on the uh the Crowpatrick heritage trail is a slightly newer version of the Truhar Padraig which is the kind of more ancient religious path there for St Patrick and if you are more religious you can do the Truhar Padraig and go to the masses and if you are less inclined that way you can do the Kirkpatrick Heritage Trail. Yes, there's a real, real mix of styles and levels of trails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so there's there's 42-ish of them. It slightly varies because uh, some of them are sometimes closed or some of them are, in theory, these trails, but they haven't been accredited or it's, it's sort of a, a slight mix mm. um so we did the 42 that were guaranteed open yes. and uh and that was kind of our our achievement so did you have to do a lot of planning uh beforehand about working out where you were going or i mean apart or were they really well waymarked <laughs> so the waymarking actually is genuinely fantastic for yeah. practically every single one of these trails despite the fact that there is very little other infrastructure <laughs> the waymarking is brilliant one thing that really complicated our journey was that neither of us drove. So we didn't have a car and Irish public transport is 
it's not the best in the world, um, especially to completely random rural towns that, you know, they have a trail going through them. And so that's, you know, we're like, okay, we'll start in, in this town that has 300 people in it. It's very, very hard to actually get out to those places. Mm-hmm. So our planning was much, it's very logistics heavy rather than where we're going to get to every day on the trail. Yeah. It's more just focused on getting to the trail. And then once we're on the trail, we'll just... just through hike all 140 kilometers of it or whatever. And and then try and figure out where to go to get a bus to the next trail. I think what we found about walking is that there is that kind of balance. Like you do need to plan to some degree. You can't go out without a rain jacket and you can't just kind of expect everything to, to fall into place. But also as soon as you start over planning and over engineering, you don't really allow for the spontaneity that can happen or even quite often uh, with Ireland being so wet um, if you're if you're walking in one area and a thunderstorm rolls in and we're like well we finished the first trail but this thunderstorm is going to be here for a week so instead of doing the second trail of this area we'll get a bus back over to the east coast and hike a trail there I think being willing to have that kind of flexibility in the planning yeah. really really helped for instance there's um there are five trails in county donegal four trails uh five five trails in county donegal and donegal is by far the wettest county in ireland because of our kind of flexibility and our lack of planning we were able to wait until we'd get uh, about a month of sunshine and we thought okay, now is the time we'll run up there and do all those trails if we had sort of said, okay, we're going to do this trail and this trail and this trail and set it all out at the beginning. It would have been a little bit more difficult to do that kind of thing, I think, anyway. Maybe it just suits me. I'm, I'm less of a planner. I'm more of a, let's just go and do it. Uh, I get I psych myself out very easily. When you were walking, where, what kind of distances were you trying to walk each day? Between 25 and 30 kilometres a day. So the total distance is 4,100 and something kilometres. We had done the Camino and on the Camino, we'd been doing 25, 28 kilometers a day. And we did that like five days a week, basically. And we said, okay, if we keep that pace, we can do it in six months. We can do all of these trails in six months, completely discounting the fact that it's impossible to get from trail A to trail B and that we're also going to be really tired and that we're not going to get to see the country either. If you, if you go that fast, you don't sort of savor it. So we would do 25 or 30 kilometers a day we ended up taking far more rest days than, than we initially thought we would. And I think that was really the way to go. I'm quite glad that you broke your foot in the first year because it, <laughs> it did lead us to do it a lot slower. Yeah. Um, and I think that really made it more enjoyable. I was going to say is that I think a lot of people set out on walking journeys and they say they're going to do a certain number of kilometres a day. And then you know, as you say, it becomes more like a forced march because yeah. you're trying to cover the distance in the time you've given yourself rather yeah. than saying, actually, let's kind of almost go to the other extreme and go for a wander. And and we know we're on the trail. Exactly. We know where we're going to go, right? Like the next 10 minutes is fairly well set. And that, that was all that really matters. In, in a way, we were lucky because we created that situation for ourselves in quitting our jobs and moving out of our apartment because we didn't have any expenses other than our walking expenses, um, which meant that we had, again, a lot more flexibility, I think, than, than people often do. Sometimes if you say, OK, I'm going to go do the Camino at 600 kilometers and I only have this many weeks off of work, you're, you're forced to do it that way. Um, and we were very lucky in that we weren't. 
And and what about um, you know how much weight were you carrying each of you? Oh, quite a lot. <laughs> um... <laughs> when we started off, we thought that we had cleared out our apartment and given everything away. But then when you're actually packing up, when you're actually handing back the keys, suddenly it turns out that you have a spatula, and you're like, why? <laughs> why can't I just throw this away or anyway? So we started off way too heavy. And I think heavier ends would be around kind of 12, depending on how much food and water we have to carry for a section. Go away, it was to be under 10. That is by far the biggest difference in terms of comfort is if you get like one kilo less than 10 kg, it's golden. Like it's so much better. It's There's like an exponential change as to how much fun it is. We made it very hard on ourselves, I think, because we, we wanted to create all these videos. So nobody else had, had done all these trails, as far as we know. We wanted to use that experience to try and get more people to be inspired to walk in Ireland. And because the trails are really good quality, they're, they're genuinely very good. We said, okay, we'll do, you know, we'll make two YouTube videos a week and we'll get people excited about it. So we had to bring camera and a drone and a laptop and like four hard drives to store all the footage on. And so Ellie's bag, it basically was just full of all this filmmaking equipment. When I just had like the tent and the sleeping bags and, and the easy stuff, we definitely didn't make it very easy on ourselves. I think if we had known beforehand how much work it was going to be to do it that way, I don't know if we would have done it that way. But I'm also incredibly grateful and happy to have done it that way, yeah. <laughs> to have been oblivious. Yeah, because we got to create so much while we walked, which was really, really interesting. We didn't realize until we had started how little information there was about certain trails. Some of the famous ones, like the Kerry Way, there's multiple guidebooks. And then with some of the other ones, there's only the kind of official paragraph describing it. Yeah, so I, I think it was, uh, yeah, great fun to, to do it that way, but or we won't be hiking with <laughs> a yeah. laptop. Uh, I, I, I still look back and think, how, how could we possibly have made two videos a week walking at the same time how did we do that i still don't know how we did that because now you know especially over the last year with covid and everything we obviously haven't been walking anywhere really and uh it's still difficult to make one video a week which is what we've been doing when you immerse yourself in it from day one without thinking about how hard it's going to be i think it can be a lot easier um the other thing i want to talk about was uh yeah guidebooks for trails mm. i would estimate that of the 42 trails 30 don't have a guidebook some of those trails are 180 kilometers long. They're not, they're not short trails. There's really very, very little information out there. So I think it was really valuable to be able to, to put information out there about those trails ourselves. So what about bumping into people? Did you, did you encounter many people on those trails? Very few, <laughs> except for the big five. On the trail themselves, as in people walking the trail itself. Yeah, very few. But we would encounter people who lived in the areas because these trails often went almost through somebody's back garden. And uh, they'd kind of stick their head out and they'd be like, oh, hi, uh, what, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't look like you can run away when you have a big, heavy backpack on. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of a snail. So, uh, yeah, you have a chat and you, um, you tell them about the trail that you're walking. And, yeah, they tell you about the area or they just kind of give you a funny look. It varies. Yeah. And, uh, and you move on. So, yeah, we definitely met uh, quite a few people. Did you have trouble with dogs or, or people wanting you off their land? Cows. I got genuinely terrified of cows. And growing up in Ireland, 
you know, you're not really afraid of cows, but when you're walking through a field of, of 50, you know, bullocks, bullocks who are very rowdy, that can be terrifying. We asked a couple of times if we could camp and we couldn't find anywhere to camp. And you'd get some kind of people who are just confused at what you're doing with your yeah. life in general. But, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, completely fine. And we had, yeah, again, a handful of moments with, with dogs, but... Very minor yeah. stuff, really. Yeah, yeah, I think we're very lucky. Very few moments of sheer terror. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it was mostly just bulls or bullocks. Yeah. <laughs> Ireland's a great country for that, I think, for, for walking with with low stakes. There's almost, like, nothing poisonous here. You're not going to get eaten by a spider or something. It's uh, It's basically just cows and occasionally irate landowners that you have to worry about. Did you walk together or did you walk alone? Did you go hand in hand all the way? And how has it changed your own relationship? Ooh, I'm going to put Ellie on the spot on this one. This is, this is great. <laughs> so while we didn't literally walk hand in hand. Yeah, we did. For most of it, we did. I would say there's 50% of the time we were, we were walking hand in hand. We walked together for basically the whole thing, which I think is kind of interesting. I think we were incredibly lucky that we basically never had a bad day on the same day. Like if one of us was having a bad day, the other one wasn't. <laughs> or what was, was in a, a good enough place to kind of help the other person through it. I think we were incredibly lucky. Walking is quite good for that as well, though, because if the landscape changes, you're kind of, your brain does the same thing that it does when you walk through a doorway. Your context changes a little bit for where mm. your head is at. I often found that if I was annoyed about something, you know, I'd be annoyed until the next time the terrain changed or something like that. And I'd move from walking on a road to walking on a gravel path and I'd be like, okay, yeah. this is a new thing. And when you're walking, so many of the things that worry or stress or annoy you from normal life, they kind of cease to be relevant. So I think we had few things to be annoyed at each other about mm. <laughs> like when, when your main concerns are the weather and where you're going to camp that night it's not something that we would argue about it's an interesting juxtaposition really versus lockdowns and, and covid time and so mm. on because all of those externalities that you have when you're walking all of those things that you can point at and say oh i'm really annoyed about this bridge you don't have that right like mm. all you can be annoyed about is your immediate environment that's been the same for the last year and a half i mean for you guys it must have been quite a, a change since uh, you've been used to walking every day and walking quite a distance every day you're now less mobile i don't know what it was like in the uk but in ireland for the first couple of months of of lockdown you were strictly confined to a two kilometer disc from your house and at the time we were living in dublin so our two kilometers was just back alleys and busy roads. Mm. We, we had designs occasionally on like walking all of the roads within those two kilometers. But honestly, it was just going to be so boring. And I'm not sure there would have been anything really of, of massive value to be found there. So we did end up moving out of the city because of, I, I, at least yeah. in part because of that. And we live out in the country now. At the minute, we're only three or four kilometers away from, from the miners way which is uh, the Miners Winning Historical Trail, which is my favourite trail. <laughs> also because I grew up here. It's a nice area to be. Was walking something that brought you together? Or where did you meet at college? Climbing. We're, we're both rock climbers. We started out as rock climbers. We met in the climbing gym. First proper walking 
holiday or kind of walking experience, really. We did the Camino del Norte. Yeah. I don't think we'd ever done any distance before then. And that was the the walk where we truly went in with no ideas of what we were doing. Zero idea. Um, we didn't, yeah, have a map or anything going over. We definitely found it exhausting to start with and... I, I had a lot more blisters than you did. My feet were, my feet were in bits. Yeah, we somehow still fell in love with the process. Yeah, yeah. having walked all these trails, your relationship having survived, I, <laughs> I could be really nasty and ask questions like, were you walking away from something? For me, at least, it was genuinely just, mm. as far as I know, nobody's ever done all these trails and I want to be the first person to do something. So that was, I think, my my real true motivation there. I think that when we thought up Tough Souls, I had just finished college. I was working as a English language teacher. And it, it was kind of this point where if, if we wanted to make a big change, it was the easiest kind of point. And there was that kind of fear of like, what happens next in life? And then this idea of going out and actually experiencing Ireland and finding I think I think I was kind of almost naively looking for that kind of sense of connection or mm. sense of place sense of identity of, of Irishness in the landscape when we started walking okay so what's it led on Ooh. what indeed <laughs> walking is a is an interesting activity because how things that happen in a moment you don't realize the kind of impacts that they'll have further on so while we were walking, we wrote about wild camping in Ireland because private property here is such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are limited, very, very limited uh, rights of way or rights to roam in Ireland. So we wrote about that and the CEO of Leave No Trace Ireland read the blog post and found it really compelling. So when we were walking through Westport, we got to meet her and have a whole conversation about walking and it led on to us doing Leave No Trace training, um, which is all about how you think about nature and what you expect from it and what you give back to it when you're outdoors. I think it's through that that I kind of decided on my own interpretations or, or connections to, to nature. Because we're kind of promoting people to go outside and experience these amazing walking trails that we've been on. We also feel like we have a responsibility to try and also help people go about in the best way possible. What would be the next challenge? We are doing the county high points in, uh, in Ireland. So there's 32 counties in Ireland. There are 32 high points. That's kind of a nice, easy way for us to do another list. Uh, which, you know, speaks to me very deeply. High points are a little bit more choose-your-own-path kind of a thing. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that, uh, to getting to the bottom of a mountain and saying, okay, how are we going to get up there? And the other thing we're, gonna, we're planning on doing is the, the Ulster Way uh, later this year, which is actually the first national waymark trail on the island of Ireland. It's a thousand kilometres long. It's a lot longer than any of the trails that we've got down here. You called your trail hiking adventure tough souls is there more to tough souls than just the documenting and the videos of, of of the trails you walked that's definitely how it started and i think now as we kind of do more 
it's become about helping other people get outside. Carl developed maps of the trails along the way. And I think we would really like to look into other ways to help other people get outside. I mean, we have a lot of thoughts about what, what we should do with it, you know, like bring people on guided walks or uh, create guidebooks or, or something like that. And they're all very valid thoughts. We'll, we'll just see which, which one wins out, you know. There's kind of almost two strands to our walking in that we have tough souls and that is 100% kind of our experience together. And then I still kind of have my own artistic practice. So after we have walked, I then reflect on the different experiences and either research topics or make artwork kind of inspired by it. Um, How did you support the whole project? We saved for about a year before we could. And you can live semi-cheaply. Uh, Certainly cheaper than renting a house in Dublin, doing the trails. Towards the end of the first year, as we were running out of money, we set up a Patreon page, which if you're not familiar, it's a a crowdfunding website. Through that, we were able to fund a good chunk of of the rest of Top Souls. So I'm endlessly thankful to all of the the, the people who, who did do that. I think it's why we're still doing Top Souls. For me, I think the motivation that there are people out there willing to kind of support us financially Mm. to do Tough Souls really keeps me going. You've walked thousands and thousands of kilometres in Ireland. Uh, You have mentioned what your favourite trail is, or at least Carl has. Mm -hmm. Can you recommend a couple of walks? My favourite trail in in all of Ireland is the Miner's Way historical trail that I mentioned earlier. Because it's in my back garden, I uh, like it, it not quite in my back garden, not literally, as opposed to some other, other trail. It's very, very, very close to where I grew up. And I never had any respect for the landscape in this area in my life before walking this trail. I'd always thought that, you know, County Roscommon is just flatland and boring and just bad land and fields. And uh, walking this trail kind of really opened my eyes. But it's so pretty like the the whole area is incredibly pretty and and really showcases a lot of a lot of ireland and the the walk i really want to recommend to people is if there's an established walk near you that one you know it go and see the landscape that you live in from this kind of perspective it, it really really changed my whole view on this part of the country i think i had the most kind of important moment for me on the Thornway, which was maybe our third trail, where we had set up camp for the evening, but it was still a little bit too early to actually go to bed. So I walked up above the tree line and the Thornway is up near Carlingford, where it's not quite a fjord, but it's a fjord-like landscape. And so I'm up above the tree line, sitting on the side of the Cooley Mountains, looking across and I can see the kind of uh, dappled lights of the town across the water, and I can see the Moran Mountains behind it. And it's when I had that moment that I was like, "Oh, this really is where I'm meant to be, and we can actually, we can actually do this project." Yeah. <laughs> Thank you both, and um, uh, you know, really look forward to one day our paths will cross in person, and we'll physically get to meet each other. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. You've been listening to Talking Walking, brought to you by Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking, 
In this episode, you've heard from Tough Souls, a.k.a. Ellie Berry and Carl Lang. If you have any views on this interview or any walking issues, we'd love to hear from you. Just follow the links on the Talking Walking website. We look forward to having you along for future episodes of Talking Walking. Written, recorded and produced by Andrew Stuck of Rethinking Cities Limited, our artwork is designed by Ian Martin of Artvark Graphics, and the music is composed by Simon Sanders of Easy Tronic. <laughs>